Welcome to the Athens Frontline, a podcast presented by the Red and Black that covers topics in health and wellness. I'm your host, Simran Kaur Malhotra, here to discuss the physician shortage in Athens, solutions, and what local hospital St. Mary's is doing to encourage more people to become physicians with Dr. Jason Smith. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Dr. Jason Smith is an experienced chief medical officer with deep roots in Georgia, who joined St. Mary's healthcare system as the system's new CMO. Dr. Smith received his medical degree from the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta and completed his residency at the Montgomery Center for Family Medicine in Greenwood, South Carolina. He brings a 15-year record of achievement, including a history of success in improving quality and facility reputation in the community and among regulatory agencies. He is experienced in creating training programs, assessing physician competencies, developing clinical protocols, and ensuring state and federal licensing requirements are met. Dr. Jason Smith, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking and taking out the time. I know chief medical officer is not an easy job at all, especially during this pandemic. Well, let's get right into it. So in Athens, there's a large shortage of physicians, but it seems like medical schools are also getting harder and harder to get into. Now, I am a pre-med student, and so I'm kind of going through that currently, and every year it seems like something new is tacked on, and it's just getting harder, a higher MCAT score, higher GPA. So it kind of seems like a paradox. We're in need of doctors, we're in need of physicians, but it's hard to get into medical school. So is there any solutions to this, and does this paradox even exist? No, I absolutely think it it, it does exist, and... It's a difficult situation in a number of of different ways. It's also once those students do get in, they're faced with higher and higher uh, levels of debt over the course of the four years of medical school, plus what you've already taken on uh, for college, and then you're not paid an extremely high salary uh, as a resident either. So you may spend three to five, seven, or twelve years even after medical school, not being able to pay back those loans. So that tends to cause people to want to go into higher paid specialties. So it puts an even greater burden on primary care, uh, which is one of the really the biggest areas that we have a need of here in Georgia and throughout the nation. So there have been some bright spots in that we've seen a few schools open. There are now five medical schools in Georgia. and I think there are talks for others to come online over the course of the next several years. We have seen some additional DO or osteopathic schools being uh, brought on board throughout the throughout the United States. And then there are uh, Caribbean schools as well, which continue to provide some uh, residents, some doctors. So hopefully your your audience knows uh, kind of the difference between residents and Residents are physicians, residents are doctors, but they're still still in training. That situation can get a bit confusing uh, for some. But we really have to make sure that we're we're getting as many students as we can. And in as much as possible, those students are desirous of going into 
to primary care. So you do have schools like Mercer University that have their mandate for putting primary care physicians out into the workforce. But we just have to find the the right balance of the number of spots and then making sure we have residency spots for those students as well once they come out of once they come out of uh, medical school. So there there definitely there definitely are solutions. We just have to work together the residencies, the states, and the hospital systems in order to to come up with those. Right. And with the recent pandemic, um, there's definitely been uh, headlines and and news about physician uh, burnout and nurse burnout and just overall in the healthcare field, there's a lot of people who are quitting, causing labor shortages. And so that is causing more physicians, more uh, need of um, even residents at some points when we were thinking about um, how are we going to help those people in need when we didn't have vaccines, we would hear news from, you know, NYU that they're making their uh, medical school students graduate a little early and start residency, or people are doing different procedures when they shouldn't be doing in a normal way. Now you just need more and more people. So at St. Mary's, how are you dealing with the physician shortage as a CMO? And how is it kind of looking at a local level? Well, so from the standpoint of St. Mary's, we've really been extremely blessed. We've had, we have a tremendous medical staff here, many of whom have been on staff for for decades. And those medical staff members have reached out and have just been great to work with. They've all been willing to go above and beyond, you know, especially throughout COVID and do the things that, that they're really trained uh, to do and capable of doing. Maybe they haven't done it in you know, a couple of years, but they're certainly more than than capable of taking care of patients. So we were able to very quickly put together a surge plan that allowed for uh, physicians in the community. And uh, like I said, those who maybe wouldn't normally work as a hospitalist or a general internal medicine doctor to be able to, to do that, should the need be there. Thankfully, we've really never had that need. Um, Our hospitalist group here at St. Mary's has been able to really scale up and divide up their duties, do things in uh, new and different ways in order to ensure that, you know, we've had the proper staffing from a physician standpoint. Now, one of the things that we have done as a healthcare system uh, is we have worked with various groups, various physician practices to see, you know, how we can assist them with their recruiting. So if they're looking for new physicians, uh, how can we how can we assist in that? Whether that be through some form of bonus payment or uh, recruiting assistance, or a number of different ways that uh, you can legally do that. And of course, we have to work with our legal team in order to ensure we're following all of the regulations. But that's something that St. Mary's has done for a number of years and continues to do and will continue to do. Being the CMO, it's you know part of my role to try and assist those physicians and physicians groups to go out and kind of be an intermediary with them to see how we can best uh, help them and understand their needs, and then work back through our legal and other departments here in the hospital to figure out how we can we can best work 
with them. So we, we've done that on a number of fronts and it's really been, been quite successful. All right. That's awesome to hear. And I know that at St. Mary's, there's an internal medicine residency program that is essentially created purely to discuss and to help uh, shorten the gaps of physician shortage here in Athens at a local level. So how effective has this residency program been? Yeah, so it's continuing to be more and more effective. Uh, most of the student, most of the students that we put out are going into hospitalist positions after they leave here. Uh, the other portion will then go on to fellowships for various uh, other internal medicine subspecialties, so say cardiology or um, rheumatology, dermatology, etc. We have a mandate from the state in order to put out, by the time we're in our fifth year, 50% or more students or residents that return to the state of Georgia in some form or fashion. We are right on the cusp of that um, and pretty much in line with most of the other residency programs throughout the state. So we're continuing to grow that. We would love for every resident to uh, come back to the Athens area, certainly to, to Georgia. Uh, we've just had one resident return as a hospitalist. We've had a resident return now as a pulmonologist. Uh, we've got a resident who's about to go off for, or I think did just leave for nephrology and is planning to come back and, and rejoin a group here. That's the hope uh, anyway. And a number of others in other specialties. So it's, it's growing. We're still a relatively new internal medicine program as, as residencies go. So we're continuing to, to work on that, whether it be through fellowship programs and then working with our partners in the local community or uh, finding these residents positions either here on our hospitalist staff or elsewhere throughout the state just by utilizing contacts that I have and that other physicians have because we really put out great residents uh, here. We're extremely, extremely pleased uh, with our residency uh, program and how it's developed over the course of the past several years and do expect that over time it will continue to put patient or to put residents and physicians back into the Athens community and the, the Georgia physician community as well. Awesome. It's great to hear how hands-on St. Mary's is with solving this issue of physician shortage. Now, not only is there a physician shortage overall, but there's a huge shortage of physicians who are of color. Um, and so how can medical schools, right, from the get-go and residency programs and hospitals work together to be a more diverse workforce, but also to be inclusive somewhere that uh, who are students who of uh, that want to be physicians who are of color, that they feel satisfied, essentially, going to these residency programs or these medical schools and uh, decreasing these disparity gaps. So how can, like, as a CMO, what are your kind of solutions to uh, uh, promote physicians of color and kind of give them a safe space to come practice and keep learning. Yeah, so I think this, you know, this is really something that we have to work on at the very earliest and lowest levels of, of education. We need to be interesting students in medicine, in becoming a physician, a nurse, whatever, 
uh, they might choose within healthcare uh, at the earliest stages of medicine. We're starting, you know, we're starting to do that. Uh, we have multiple different programs. Uh, you know, thankfully, we have partnered with your uh, organization with the Doctors Without Borders Students Group uh, through UGA, and we're looking to see how we can do that within high schools and middle schools and elementary schools as well. Because if kids aren't interested in medicine at the earliest levels, you know, they're not going to be present in order for you to get them interested whenever they get to that college uh, level. They're going to be looking at something else. And in today's society, you know, you can certainly uh, become a computer programmer or do lots of other things and make just as much or in many, many cases, much more than, say, a primary care physician would uh, and have much less liability essentially no liability, whereas a primary care doctor can be looking at thousands of dollars of malpractice insurance every year. So you have to, you have to identify those students who have that passion for, for caring and want to help people and then help shepherd those students through the process so that they understand that just because, you know, I came from the wrong neighborhood, I can be a, a physician too. Um, and we need to, to have physicians who have done that to be there to help shepherd those students as well. So I think a mentoring program, you know, with our physicians of color to be able to go into these uh, communities would help as well. I mean, I can give my experience growing up uh, poor in a family that, you know, no one had graduated from college in my own personal family, parents didn't graduate from high school, et cetera. But, you know, not being a person of color myself, that doesn't necessarily resonate with some people. So you have to find the right balance and the right uh, mentor group. But that's definitely something that we're interested in doing. We have a community health and well-being department here. And, you know, we need to do more work with that department on how the clinical side can really get involved in, in the community. That's something that I would really like to see both in our African-American community, our Latino community, and really all of our uh, communities in order to help provide for that next generation of, of physicians, because we're, we're going to need them. I know I'm going to need them to take care of me and, uh, and my family as well. That's a perfect segue. Um, I, I agree. These mentorship programs are incredibly important and representation is huge to be able for these children to see um, someone that looks like them or has grown up with similar experiences that definitely does resonate at a deeper level. So for those people who aren't pre-med, who aren't in the healthcare industry, why should they care about the physician shortage? Might be a simple question, but would love to hear from a CMO. Yeah, so I mean... Essentially, at the end of the day, we, we all need, we're all going to need someone to take care of us. Uh, we, have, we have continued, um, and I think rightfully so and appropriately so, to have non-physician caregivers work at top of license. So we've added over the course of time what we generally refer to now as APPs um, or advanced practice providers, which could be nurse practitioners or physician's assistants 
who frequently do a lion's share of primary care work. And over time, I anticipate, you know, those those practitioners will continue to grow in their abilities to uh, to see and take care of of patients more and more. But we'll still need physicians in order to uh, assist with uh, more complex cases and, you know, to be colleagues and counselors for uh, the nurse practitioners who may not have seen these these other disease uh, processes. So if you care about your health, if, you know, you really want someone to, to be able to be there to take care of you uh, as you continue to, to age and have healthcare problems, it's definitely something that you want to, to be concerned about. I mean, currently we have, you know, primary care providers in the Athens area who are booked out for months, specialists who may be booked out for a year. So they really don't have the bandwidth in order to be able to work a patient in for a more urgent problem. And there are problems that simply can't wait, you know, six months or a year and some that can't wait even, you know, a few days. So we also need to make sure that those practitioners are not so overwhelmed that they're missing things because they're so they're so overworked, potentially burned out because they're trying to do the right thing. I mean, I can, you know, I can tell you in my final years of of practice that you had so many patients calling and only so many hours in the day, only so many physicians in your small community and you wanted to be there for your patients, but you were only open so many hours a day and that just meant you had to fit more patients in per hour and you can't give patients the the true diligence that they need whenever your average visit time with a patient is 5 to 7 minutes and for many primary care providers these days that is truly how long we have to spend with patients so it's it's just not necessarily the best care that we can provide for our community. So we need to continue to provide those physicians for that care so that we can have the best possible care for the next the next generation of physicians. 100%. Everybody, I think, especially in the Athens community, should be um, concerned and should be seeing how they can help their community, even if it's not um, you know, doing certain procedures, but um, encouraging people to get vaccinated, to get tested, just simple things like that, those conversations. Well, Dr. Jason Smith, I appreciate your time. I will let you go into your busy day. And um, thank you so much for all of your expertise and, and your effort towards this podcast. No, absolutely. I really appreciate it. And please, if any of your listeners are interested in the healthcare community um, in getting involved, please feel free to contact me uh, here at the, at the hospital. Uh, my office number is 706-389-3944. Uh, I'm happy to, to speak with you. If I don't answer the phone, please leave me a message. We are all truly a community and we have to be there and support each other. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You, you as well. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Athens Frontline podcast presented by The Red and Black. I'm your host, Simran Kaur Malhotra. Make sure you tune back in next week for our next episode. 
Until then, check us out on social media at Red and Black. Have a healthy and safe rest of your week.